Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good afternoon slash evening, everyone. Welcome to Thursday night here on Drive and ahead of a big weekend here at Optus Stadium where the SENWA studios are housed. Uh, there is marquees going up. They'll be selling merchandise here over the next couple of days. If you're coming to the football, the festival of football uh, with Leeds United taking on Crystal Palace tomorrow night at Manchester United, who today trained in the rain this morning. They uh, capped it at 5,000 people at the WACA ground. I believe there's a few that were trying to get in as well. But uh, Man United take on Aston Villa on Saturday night. And, of course, then on Sunday we return to AFL and it's the West Coast Eagles taking on St Kilda. It all starts actually tomorrow night. We've got the game here. But also there's a game at the MCG where Richmond take on Fremantle. I'm going to go through the teams and uh, we're also going to welcome now Kim Hagdorn, who's our Thursday night AFL expert. Hags, a good evening to Hello, you. Hello, Peter. Hello to everyone out there. Got any tickets for tomorrow night? Uh, we've got actually three oh, doubles to give away. We've got three doubles to give away if you take was, part I, in I the program. I was kidding, actually. I was hoping you'd say, yeah, I've got some, yeah, here, I've got some in my pocket. Go. Yeah, I've got some in my pocket, Haggis. So Parking we'll... bay, corporate function. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to go and you want a night out, uh, then uh, get on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Three doubles to go. We'll give them away between now and six o'clock oh, if you'd you. like to join us. Okay. Well, well I'm going to be glued to the television set tomorrow evening. Yeah. Because at Marble Stadium, Fremantle play for a, a spot in the top four. Mm. They're in the top four. But uh, if they drop tomorrow night, Fremantle are not going to finish in the top four. I think it is that critical. It's it's a massive round this this weekend. I know we say that nearly every week, Peter, don't we? We sort of say something every week about oh how important it is and it, it, it's it's going to shape the top eight. Well, I think this weekend, this round nineteen, actually substantially shapes the September makeup for, and it's critical for the likes of Fremantle, Richmond, Sydney, all top four contenders. Richmond probably shot themselves in the foot in in, in recent times. The Bulldogs, who just have to win. Uh, on Saturday night and Collingwood and Carlton who just must keep winning to stay within touch of the top four. And that those sides have the capacity to bounce over Fremantle if the Dockers lose tomorrow night. Mm. And Richmond are just smarting. Just I can't believe how a club and a team that's been in such ominous form since 2017, I mean, they, they were within a bee's whisker, but poorly managed in preliminary final week of 218. Yeah, Mason Cox, best game he's ever played. But they played for Richmond, played and injured Dustin Martin mm. and paid dearly for it. It opened up the premiership to Collingwood or West Coast the week after once Collingwood did what they did to Richmond. So since 17, 18, 19, 20, 
most of last year, they, they, they were off. But when they play their best, Richmond are still the, just about the most threatening team in the competition. And the likes of Geelong in particular, Melbourne to a lesser degree, have modelled their premiership ambitions and campaign drives and surges on the back of what Richmond did through to 17, 18, 19, 20. So at their best, they're really frightening. And I, I also sense now with Rory Lobb confirmed as out of the Fremantle team, that Fremantle will struggle to beat Richmond tomorrow night, even though Richmond Pete have lost their last four at Marvel and, and their preferred ground is the MCG. Mm. We know that, but they just have a bit of a phobia about uh, the roof stadium and uh, losing to North last week there, St Kilda in round three, GWS in round 22 last year and Gold Coast in round 16 last year as well. That's the four consecutive games that Richmond have lost at Marvel and Fremantle have won a couple of times there this year, so they're not, it's, it, it, it's not a phobia to them to play under the roof. But I just think there's so much resting on this game. To me, tomorrow evening's the most important game of the week, and even though Saturday night the Bulldogs and Melbourne is going to be defining, because the Bulldogs lose that, and, and I don't think they can make the eight. I don't think they can anyway. I, I feel the top eight is set, Sir. and Richmond at eighth, especially if they win tomorrow night, and I think they probably will. They certainly can then that means that from Richmond back up to Geelong at number one, all the jockeying for positions from one through to eight and the likes of Collingwood and Sydney who can just keep winning. Sydney and Collingwood have got such marvellous appealing runs, although Essendon will challenge Collingwood on Sunday. I think we said before we came on, you know, Collingwood's going to drop one between now and the end of the home and away season. It could very well be at the MCG against the Bombers who are showing their best form of the season. Just repeating for Richmond and Fremantle tomorrow night. Gets underway at 10 to 6 our time. In is Soldo for Richmond. Uh, out is Gipkus and Arts. Both being omitted. While the Dockers, on the other hand, uh, in comes Alex Pierce uh, and, of course, Henry. Out goes Lobb injured. Collier, after signing a, an extension one-year deal, has been omitted. And so has Ethan Hughes, who was the medical sub but last year. So you can get on the uh, temperate bedshed text line. I'd like to get people's thoughts on Fremantle tomorrow night. It's a Friday night game. Over the years, every time Fremantle have been showcased in a premium time slot, you can go through the last few years. They, for whatever reason, haven't showed up. Now, tomorrow night, it is a premium showcase. It is Friday night football. It is against Richmond, who have been the team up until last year when Melbourne took out the flag over the last few years since 2017. Can Fremantle deliver at Marvel Stadium? Nothing about Fremantle. When you expect them to win, sometimes they don't. And when you expect them not to win, they do. They are that sort of football club. Uh, Where do you think Fremantle will finish this season? Luke Hodge, I featured last night, thinks that Fremantle will finish fifth this season at the end of the home and away series. Lot to get your thoughts on the Tempera Bedshed text line. Firstly, do you think they'll win tomorrow night? And secondly, where do you think they'll finish the home and away season? That number again, 0487 736 736. Of course, uh, Jordan Clark Hags plays his 50th AFL game tomorrow. So I haven't read into it too much. I mean, 50 games, is, it's nothing too big, really. Um, I'm not really looking at it as anything um, bigger than a game that I play every weekend. So, um, yeah, oh, it's nice, but um, not resting my laurels on it. Well, good on him to play down a 50th game milestone. It's not even a 50th game with Fremantle. No. However, the way this WA media operates, <laughs> we see players that have played one game get media conferences. I mean, Jai Cully early this week, a media conference that is attended 
Oh, please. I mean, I'm glad that Jordan Clark played it down. He's playing outstanding footy. Uh, however, last week, he was one of the players that Sydney counted, didn't they? With the way they changed their game, especially, they didn't allow that run. They kept their forwards playing very deep, and the likes of Papley, etc., were very, very very awkward to handle. And Heaney, even though they didn't have outstanding games, they stayed back close to goal. They didn't allow the Fremantle uh, defensive team, like the likes of Jordan Clark, run off and create what is Fremantle's preferred game. Fremantle also have to overcome a fall-away syndrome from mid-season onwards. Even last season, Peter, a promising year, they only won four of their last nine. In 2020, five of their last nine. 2019, two of their last ten. 2018, two of their last nine. 2017, two of their last 13. 2016, one of their last nine. So there's a syndrome there where Fremantle historically do not handle post by and, and tail the second half of seasons. And if this season goes anything similar to that, they're already just two and two from their bye. If they lost tomorrow, then perhaps to Melbourne at home, then perhaps to the dogs at Marvel the week after in round 21, then, then again they're looking at a, a three and three out, a four out of nine to finish mm. the season. Three out of nine probably guarantees them a final, four out of nine, even if they just beat the Eagles in tw round 22 and GWS away at Canberra in round 23. They'll play finals. They're probably going to play finals now because they're going to get a win somewhere. But that fall away syndrome is still hovering over the top of Fremantle. It's still concerning for the Run towards this year's finals. Yeah. And I think that's why the likes of Luke Hodge and Matthew Pavlich with the boys on Monday morning, yeah. I think it was, Peter, and then quoted in press over the next few days, Matthew Pavlich has said that he thought Fremantle would falter enough in this tail end of the season to finish fifth or sixth. Okay, uh, here's uh, James from Canning Vale, who's on the Temper of Bedshed text line. Uh, hi, Pete Taggers. No Ruckman, no Dockers, uh, according to James from Canning Vale. We were talking about this off-air, actually, Hags. Uh, when you look at it, uh, Sean Darcy will lead the Ruck division. But Lloyd Meek has travelled with yeah. uh, Mitch Croden on the plane to Melbourne for the game tomorrow. I gather there's a chance that Lloyd Meek, you'd think, would come in. Well, I think he probably has to because I, I, I don't. Matthew Tabin is not going to be able to handle the. <laughs> he's not going to be able to handle the Richmond defence, let alone Richmond's ruck division of Soldo and backing up Nan Curvis. Mm. So you wouldn't want Matthew Tabin being the backup ruckman, ruckman playing that Rory Lobb uh, role of for, key forward and then that pinch hitting in the ruck. So Sean Darcy, an enormous job for him up against Nan Curvis and Soldo. I, I suspect it, with Meek travelling that he probably has to finish up in there final 22 off the bench. Who goes out of that uh, to make way? Someone will then wear the, wear the vest because Meek would go in and see Young's going to stay. I thought he was one of their best players last week. Chapman's going to stay. Logue stays. Mundy stays. They're the interchange players as listed. So someone else, Frederick or Henry perhaps. Henry listed at half forward. Frederick in a forward pocket. One of those more likely, more likely Liam Henry, I would say, to perhaps carry the vest. And, uh, and Meek plays as the go from the bench to the ruck and Darcy may go forward to work with Tabiner from time to time and have some kind of a rotation on that. But I suspect that Lloyd Meek has to play. Plus, his waffle form with Peel has been outstanding, mm. Lloyd Meek. So it's almost as if he's known full. Well, you're going to play somewhere soon. I can reveal, though, with Rory Lobb, I saw him on Tuesday. I was staggered that there wasn't more back page lead stories lob to miss Richmond engagement. Mm. Lob won't travel this week. It was a six-day break. 
from last Saturday to play Friday. And I saw him on Tuesday, Peter. He was one-handed. His right hand only was going up to, to grab balls with short pass kick, put short handballing and short passing. He couldn't use his left arm at all. He's got a popped AC joint. It's the same shoulder he was had operated on last last uh, right shoulder. It was sorry, mm. right shoulder. AC joint is popped. It's the third time this year he's had troubles with it. He had scans on Monday. He was never playing this week, and yet the coverage through the course of the week was on. Oh, He's making strides toward playing. The club is confident, 50-50, that sort of stuff. He was never playing. He couldn't use his right arm at all on Tuesday. And yet he was put out in front of the cameras so that the local media would sort of say, taken strides toward the big confrontation with Richmond. He was never playing. He, he's, he's actually even in trouble now to even finish the season. It's very similar to last year when Rory Lobb didn't play from round 19 onwards with a very similar type of shoulder problem. And it needs more attention. Mm. Knowing Carl Gooley listening on SEN 1611 says, Haggers, do you think we could get Matthew Pavlich in his all-Australian jumper <laughs> with Manchester United's captain holding up a Gaelic football on the front page of the Sunday Times? That's on the back end yeah. where they got Marcus Rashford, who is a Manchester United player. What they've done is they've plonked in a Sharon in his hands and they've snapped away. Mm-hmm. And people have been very critical of that photo. What does that achieve? What's the AFL trying well, to prove with Marcus Rashford, who think, what is this thing that's in my hand? And, and he's, he's nice enough to allow it yeah, to take place. Yeah, and they what reckon, they call a photo opportunity. But the cross-promotion is if to say, you know, he's uh, he's very interested in the AFL. And I think that's what uh, Norman yeah. Kalgoorlie's well, referring remember to. Remember when the first State of Origin Rugby League was coming here? Yeah. And did we have Nathan Fife and Luke Shuey? In rival colours, they they wore the maroon and sky oh, blue colours. Oh yes, colors. they did. They did. I thought at the time, how ridiculous! Mm. That's AFL right. promoting rugby and rugby league assisting the AFL. Just it's unnecessary. We Just get on with your own sport. Exactly, they, I agree they, with you. And they sell each other on their own markets. Correct. Okay, we're going to take a break. After the break, you can join us on the Temper of Bedshed text line. If you'd like to go to the football tomorrow night, that is the international game, uh, Leeds versus Crystal Palace. We've got a couple of double passes to give away. Just uh, get on the Temper and Bedshed text line. So I'd like to go and we'll get them to you. No problems. 13 past five. Yes, welcome back to Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre where you get the right tool from the start. 19 past five. Let's look at the West Coast Eagles. The Dockers play in the first game of round 19. The Eagles in the final game of round 19 here at Optus Stadium. Gets underway at uh, 2.40 our time after uh, what I think uh, Optus will be belted up a bit with two uh, football matches, that is soccer matches, being played tomorrow night and Saturday night. Having a look at the Eagles, uh, the Yo-Yo's back, uh, Josh Rotham. Uh, Clark and West are in. No outs as yet. Uh, an extended list being uh, the final game of the round. That'll be uh, certainly put in stone by Saturday morning. The Saints, on the other hand, in comes Lynott, Ross, uh, Windhager, Clark, Connolly and Campbell. Out goes Paddy Ryder, who's going to probably miss the remainder of the season. Wanganin, Malera and Jones have both been omitted for the Saints. First thing I'll say about West Coast, there's a, there's a number of things we want to get to, Peter, but uh, Tim Kelly named... And I think he's probably a watch to wait mm. and see, even as late as Sunday with that thigh, a fairly heavy one. He was hobbling through the game as as uh, Rory Lobb hobbled through his game bravely. Uh, Kelly, different injury. Lobb's was a shoulder. Kelly, that thigh cork uh, probably comes up, but you'd need to see him do some more work and recover and, and be totally free of it to play on Sunday. So that's one to watch. The other one is 
Adam Simpson goes public today in his media conference. So it's his weekly big media conference, uh, which is obligatory through AFL yeah. commitment. So this is AFL committed media conference today and says we're going to experiment. We're going to experiment over the next few weeks. And so it's round see, 19. Yeah, of 2022. Why weren't you experimenting through 2019, 2020, 2021, especially late last year when you won two of your last nine? So it seems strange that now suddenly to cover, I suppose, and put a bit of a Band-Aid across what is a gaping wound, which is a poor development program that we're going to experiment. He mentioned again Tom Barass. I'll be working with Tom Barass to go forward. That, that won't work. He can't kick. He can't kick <laughs> other than when there's a, a back pocket or a halfback flanker by themselves by 60 metres. He gets him most times. He can't kick for goal. That, that, that's, that's a nonsense. However, this team here, Jamison's a doubtful starter for Sunday. Rotham gets recalled, as he should, the kids. Yeah. But he's been rucking in the, in the WAFL. West Coast have also been talking over many weeks, even late last year, with the prospect of Jake Waterman playing a bit of a backup ruck role. So you don't have a ruck specialist as your backup to a Nick Natanui, or in this case, it's Bailey Williams. Well, it's similar to what Carlton have done with young Jack Silvani. Absolutely. Which is quite bizarre, really. Mind you, he does a pretty good job. Yeah, I agree. He's very I good agree. at it. He's a brave little bugger, yeah. is Jack Silvani. And I reckon goes, that might be a trend going forward, actually. Other no, clubs will look at it and think, maybe we can improvise with one of our players to work that way. Very good call, because they're more mobile. Mm. You, you sort of concede you might lose the, uh, the actual ruck tap, but then you rely on your ground-level boys. Yeah. And if West Coast are back to their better ground-level uh, players in next season, uh, around the centre circle for a start, you could do the Jack Silvani. And, of course, remember, Grigg, Sean Grigg yeah. with Richmond, it's famous that they only went with the one mm. recognised Ruckman. And, and Grigg, even centre circle stuff against blokes you know, 30 centimetres bigger than him, and they won a premiership. So, so you're saying going back to the Eagles, they may be yeah. looking at Rotham and even Waterman to have those sort of roles. Rotham more likely because he's actually been doing it. And this is another part of what I'd like to see West Coast from now on, rest of this season, let's see some boys in the waffle actually experimenting with the prospect of other roles so they're going to be more flexible when they play in the seniors. Or if they're needed in the seniors because you have an illness, as in COVID early this year, and or a series of illnesses and or injuries like they've had over last summer, just gone. And, of course, of this year, we've seen a repetition of injuries and illness, okay? And mm -hmm. you, you can't keep making excuses about those if you haven't prepared for it. And I don't think West Coast Eagles' uh, development in 2019 post-premiership, in 2020, in 2021, and over the summer of 2021 and 22, didn't see enough experimentation going on. It's good that they're finally talking about it, but certainly one, Jake Waterman has a potential ruck backup, and now with Rotham in this squad, he's only listed as interchange from, as you said, Pete, they, they can wait till Sunday really to finalise mm. that, but we'll see some names tomorrow. I reckon Rotham will be in the final group as a bench sitter, and maybe maybe no Jamison. So with the null holdy spot, he, he was ranked as a highish performer for West Coast last Sunday, even though his opponent kicked six goals. So Rotham West, I think, gets brought back because of the weather. Yeah. Now, Connor West is a little in and under beast, isn't he? And he's not yeah. frightened of it all. He hacks in and cracks in. So perhaps, and maybe Cully, but maybe not. Petrevsky seaton who was the uh, sub last week. So Witherden, Rotham, West, Cully and Petrevsky season, one of them perhaps with the, with the sub vest for this Sunday. Rotham and Jake Waterman, keep an eye there for maybe the first step in experimentation of trying to get a bit of ruck mobility in preparation for what they might have to do next season. Yeah. There's no guarantee Nick, Nick Nat Newey comes back. 
exactly. And let's go to Adam Simpson. News delivered the news uh, many, many weeks ago that he's contracted until 2025. And we've done a bit more homework, well, you have, in relation to why that has happened. And it's had to do during the COVID period with the soft cap that hit the football departments. Yeah, so Adam Simpson needed to take some degree of a, a pullback on his big money. Mm-hmm. On, on winning the 2018 Premiership, he would have jumped towards a million bucks. I mean, he'd be earning, he would have got a huge bonus, would have got a bonus. I believe, I believe he's been buying businesses around town too. Anyway, we won't well, go there, but he's investing in real estate here, which well, means he might be here for a long, long time. And in business. And yeah. uh, if, you're hung- if you're hungry, Jack, <laughs> you might have an idea of where you go and get to, to get entertained. Boom, How- boom. Boom, boom, yeah. But just just on that, I, I, I have heard that the stretch to 2025 has a lot to do with the soft cap, which was introduced uh, three seasons ago, three mm. years ago, four years ago. And West Coast had gone to... Uh, Adam Simpson with a r- contract extension, but to help get through this period of time with the reductions, his contract, his earnings has been extended out to the end of 225. So same money, but over an extra year. Okay, let's go to the Tempera Bedshed text line. Bedshed experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in stores or visit bedshed.com.au. Good on you, Robbo Brizzy. G'day, boys. Great show. Fremantle run out and line up as selected. They will lose. The big body midfielders of Richmond will test Fife out physically, big time, losing lob. Hurts them bad. I'm hearing it may be more than one week injury. They can't rely on Tabano to kick a winning score. Uh, we mentioned about Rory Lobb. Who knows? Mm. We may not even see him for the remainder of the season, depending on the extent of that shoulder injury. Well, especially given he's got he's got a deal with a new club for next year. Mm-hmm. Now, clearly, it's far different than this time last year. After round 19, Rory Lobb went in and had a, a shoulder procedure on his right shoulder. I don't know if you'd call it a reconstruction. I don't think it was as as, uh, as impacting as what Nathan Fife has had to have on his right shoulder, where he's had it two or three times. Mm. But certainly Lobb from round 19 last year didn't play because he thought he had a deal to go to GWS. Well, this year, there's no thinking about what deal is up. He's got a Lobb. deal. He's got a deal with the Western Bulldogs for the next four years. So again, he might be thinking, well, I want to get this shoulder right before I, before I head there. I've got that, but... They're in finals contention. Well, more than that. They're going to play finals, Fremantle. So he just may get through the next few weeks of recovery, have it heavily strapped, go through the the quarter, half, three-quarter time jab in the shoulder, which is huge risk. Huge risk if you know you've got a four-year deal somewhere else. So mm. he's got some deci- decisions to be to be made, uh, Rory Lobb, along with the coaching staff and the medical staff and the management staff at Fremantle who feel as though they're in contention to win a premiership. Lose tomorrow night, and that could take a bit of a different slant because they're unlikely to make the top four Fremantle. They, they win tomorrow, tomorrow night, night, and where do you think they are if they win tomorrow night? Well, even then, they're still going to struggle because win tomorrow night holds their spot in the top four. Then they've got the Demons. Yeah, and then the Bulldogs. Now, the Bulldogs might be shot, but I think that Bulldogs can beat Melbourne on mm, Saturday night. At Marvel. But jeepers, I've got question mark all over my, nearly every match this weekend, yeah. Peter. I'm not certain. I'm just saying I think they could beat them, particularly the form they're in, the way they're running. And also their coach has been like with Brett Ratton this week, pretty stern in putting his players on notice. Not in the same demonstrative style that Brett Ratton has, has, has Luke Beveridge, but certainly been very, very vocal that th- well, we know where we're at. Okay. We know we have to keep winning. And, and they get Norton back. They've got Josh Bruce back, the Bulldogs. That gives him a bit more up front. And, of course, it is at Marvel uh, where 
whereby they are very healthy with how they play. And Melbourne, not quite yeah. so much. No, Their cool. home call is the MCG. So let's get back to Frio. Right. And all of a sudden, it could almost become a battle of coaches. Now, John Longmire completely obliterated Justin Longmuir last week. But John Longmire is one of the best in the business, okay, as far mm. as tacticians are concerned yep. and the way he works his players because they've been up there so many years. So all of a sudden, this week... It's just a long mule against Damien Hardwick. Yeah. And, and Hardwick's had some flaws along the way. And then the following week, it is just a long mule against Simon Goodwin yeah. uh, as well. So all of a sudden, I just think the tactical nous of a coach becomes ever so more important now as we head towards his finals campaign. When you look at also in sport, and I think, this again, this happens at all levels, Peter. Um, when you have a series of, of fortune, it can run out. When you have a series of drops or you know, unhealthy uh, occurrences, as Richmond have, for gosh sake. Mm. Richmond, I've got them for six. Six horrible fadeaways during the course of this season. Two of them in the last fortnight. Three of them in the last four weeks where they've fallen away. Now, last week it was, uh, was North Melbourne after Gold Coast the week before by, by just a matter of points. And it also meant, like in round 15, they dropped a 17-point buffer early into the last quarter. In round one, Richmond lost to Carlton after leading by 20 points in, into the last quarter. In round three, St Kilda was similar. They, they, they led by 33 points and lost. And in round 11, they, they've had so many fadeaways that Damien Hardwick would be absolutely livid mm. and would have pointed it out this week that we've got Fremantle, we've got them in Melbourne, we don't like Marvel, but we've got to beat this mob. It's time we turned around some of our recent fortunes. And last week, you can't expect they're going to kick 1-9 from set shots inside the 25-metre range. Yep. We're going to this week. We're going to take a break, come back with a couple of the other issues as well, and also some of the other uh, ins and outs regarding all the other teams round 19, particularly those sides that are vying for a spot inside the eight or already inside the eight and jockeying for a higher position. Don't go away. This is uh, Drive with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Uh, 26 to 6 drive uh, with Peter Vlaus and Kim Hagdorn. Get Lisa on the lines. A few more texts coming through on the mm-hmm. Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Uh, hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Yeah, good, thanks. Hello, Lisa. Um, just um, first before I get on to the footy, um, Peter, did you know that Manchester United are, are coming out um, in a different um, colours on um, Saturday night? They're dropping the red. Ah. Taking the red out and, and just coming out in black and yellow? Well, the problem would be is that uh, it'd be a bit of a clash because Aston Villa wear claret and blue. So the red and the claret could possibly clash. They do a lot in the, the UK. So, yeah, thanks for that, Lisa. Uh, I'm calling the game, so maybe the numbers will be easy to see on a... Uh, what did what, <laughs> you say? They're black. They're wearing their black strip, are they? Black and gold. Yeah, black and gold. Western Australia. State of origin yeah. is back. Yeah, and I'll tell you, <laughs> yes, what I did, I tell you what I did, Lisa, today. I spent hours, a few hours, going through every player because, of course, there's a lot of foreign players... Yeah. And you've got to make sure you get the pronunciation right. And if you don't get the pronunciation right, you are absolutely you, you, you get hammered by people listening in. Yeah, don't worry about that. There'll be a big audience. And and you were expecting you'd have to call Ronaldo. 
Yeah, that would have been the easy one. And he's not there. <laughs> anyway, good on you, Elise. Thanks for the info. Peter? Yes? Um, you won't have any trouble calling anybody's name. I've heard you calling the tennis and, and everything else, so you're not going to have any, any good problems on you, at all. Good and, on you. And, Luke, and apparently Luke Jackson has bought a um, house in Shelley. That's another um, oh. thing bubbling around. And um, he would have paid, Barat, I reckon he paid cash for it. <laughs> and I reckon it's on the river. Yeah, I'd say he would have. And um, with Tom Barras, Taggers, he, he, he can't go forward. He's got, he's got to stay back. He's, well, a, he's, a, he's, a, you know, he's a... He's No, not, that's not going to work. Well, just on that, Lisa, and I did, I did attack his poor goal front finishing, so he's kicking for goal. I don't think he's reliable in the slightest. But he also, the couple of times I have seen him... Uh, and this was more pre-season when they were talking, and, and I thought it was a propaganda stunt then to sort of try to cover that we haven't developed any new forwards or variety or haven't experimented. So, oh, we've sent Tom Barras forward. He was actually playing forward like a defender. Too often he would let his opponent just in, fractionally in front lead him to the ball. He was more trying to spoil, I felt, just on reflex, than trying to get in front and hold his spot to take a mark or bring it to the ground for the sake of his crummers. He just didn't seem to have any idea of how to play forward, Lisa. Mm. No, he, he doesn't, Haggers. Mm. And um, just quickly on Fremantle. Yep. Um, with with um, Mundy and Fife in the team, Mundy has not played a decent game since Fife come back into that side. And those two just just cannot play in the side. Well, I think they have to actually make some hard calls there as well. And we've said this on Monday uh, post last weekend's game when I, I thought Fife has become a real problem to Fremantle. David Mundy, you're right. He's not getting the same amount of uh, on-ball time. He's, he doesn't seem as free uh, on the outside. And that was where Mundy played his best. He'd do a little bit of inside gathering and getting it out. But he was a receiver to the likes of Sarong and Brayshaw and, and Brody. And even last season, when David Mundy had a season that ran him into the top few in their fairest to best and said, well, I'm playing again next year on 600 grand. I'm not going to retire. And they allowed him to do so. That was unnecessary. But I think because of the doubts on Fife, they let him go for maybe the one more year. But Lisa's spot on. And I'm convinced that they're both struggling to fit into the team. There's room for one, not for both, if they're going to play around the centre circle and get their share of centre square clearance endeavours. Fife has to, has to develop a capacity to stay forward more often mm. if he's going to stay in this team, whether Monday plays on next year or not. Yeah. And even that in itself, Fremantle have got all these boys uncontracted. How many of them do they contract for next year? Monday, Banfield, Akers, Logue, Brody, Nathan Wilson, Connor Blakely, James Aish, Sturt, mm. Sam Sturt. They're all out of contract. How many of them are going to stay on for next year mm. while they're trying to make room to bring in Luke, Luke Jackson. Jackson. Good on you, Lise. Thanks for your call. Thanks for being a, a loyal supporter of uh, the Drive program. Let's go to Paul, who joins us next on the open line. Paul, good afternoon. Thanks for the call. Uh, hey, boys. Hey, Hi, uh, hey Pete, what did you make What did you make of the uh, debut of the Quokker on Saturday night? The Quokker? Yeah, Docker the Quokker, that mascot with the purple oh, and the Oh, yeah. I must admit, I didn't really uh, zone in on it. I was actually, uh, well, it was interesting. I, I saw it from afar. Yeah. Uh, why not? Uh, can I give you something? And I, this I'm is, glad I, Paul didn't ask me yeah, because but, I would have. Yeah, but, I go to the footy to watch the footy. <laughs> can I say something, Paul? I reckon, and we, we yeah. discuss it in, in the media area, mm -hmm. the package put together by Fremantle, pre-game, half-time, 
at the end of the game and all the little bits and pieces cosmetically how they uh, present themselves is far far superior to the West Coast Eagles. The West Coast Eagles, it's just nice that they have live musos at the footy. They do a lot of gimmicky stuff, which engages the young people. And that's what the Dockers are charging for, is the generation and the couple of generations behind us. And you see a lot of the young people that go to the Fremantle Dockers matches, and I reckon their engagement with their fans is very, very good. Anyway, Paul, you want to talk about footy, and I think you want to talk about Alistair Clarkson and maybe the dollars that he's searching for. Yeah, so I, I heard on, on uh, the station here this morning that um, there was some talk of Alistair Clarkson being offered $1.6 million a, a, a year. Now, look, let's say that's over the top and it's even one2 This This is a club which is just got just struggling to get by. They're only going to be getting games into the kids pretty much for the next two or three seasons. They got if The more money they spend on Clarkson, the less money they can spend on development. I mean... I I think that would be a backward move, and I don't know how they can justify that kind of a spend when the the soft cap is only around about five million to start with. Well, they can justify it for mine. I mean, if he went to one point six million, that's going to be uh, I think about twenty five percent. You would take it cap. if you're offered one point six million dollars. You'd have to take it. Look, I got I got two points about that, and I'll come to it. The other one involves Essendon. And we've said here for a couple of weeks now that Alistair Clarkson has been in informal discussions with Essendon. Mm-hmm. My understanding is he's been pricing himself out of their market, their thing, and that, that's too much for us to pay inside the salary cap. If North Melbourne can offer that sort of money, as Paul, you've said, even if they offered him 1.2, let's say a million to 1.2 for five years. So that's pushing towards $6 million. He, he justifies that. He's good enough. The AFL would have to pay that, and that's where it becomes unacceptable to the rest of the industry. The AFL is going to pay all North Melbourne's bills. North Melbourne are in big trouble. They're debt-free now, but the AFL are running and paying for North Melbourne. When North Melbourne rang Adam Simpson in 2020 and said to him, before they even, before they even discussed, they did not know what money was on at West Coast, whatever you're on at West Coast, we will pay you double. Now, the West Coast Eagles management were, were aghast at that, to think whatever he's on and you want to pay double that, whose money is this? Is it North Melbourne's or the AFL's? West Coast Eagles management were just dumbfounded that they could even just say, whatever you're on, we'll double it to get you back or over as North Melbourne coach. So if they're talking this now with 1.2, 1.4, whatever it is, the AFL has to be behind it, and that's where it becomes ridiculous. It and that's where we ridiculous. have to know. That's where we have to also know, in some ways, the AFL to be behind it, to justify it. Well, we could, if if we get told that, you'd say, oh, well, that, mm. they're a basket case, North Melbourne. They do need it. They need AFL assistance, like GWS, like Gold Coast, like other teams, like Port, like Bulldogs, when they've all received money and assistance to get the right sort of staff. But if they're on a soft cap, well, the soft then cap is about within it. is six point nine yeah, at the it's moment. It's going up five hundred okay. next year from this so year. So Clarkson gets one point six. They're spending twenty three percent of their entire budget on Clarkson. Yeah, which doesn't leave a lot of room for but staff top ups around it. Although he was on huge money at uh, Hawthorne, but not one point six. No, no, it was it was well over a million. But it was a million dollars, and he's getting a million bucks this year from Hawthorne because they had to pay him out. But he was on that sort of money, and that 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 did detract some potential assistance and a, a bigger staff 
and there's other areas that suffer, as you say, develop. But if, if Clarkson's that good and as good as everyone's saying and making out now, even though his last four or five years I, at Hawthorne weren't wonderful. I was Hawthorne just going to say the same thing. I was just going to say his last three, four, five years at Hawthorne weren't great. No, and certainly since he got such accolade for moving on Luke Hodge, for moving on Sam Mitchell, for moving on uh, uh, Jordan Lewis, Jared Ruffhead said, no, I'm not going. But he got rid of those three blokes to make room for the next premiership push. Well, it didn't eventuate. And I think a lot of this is the same as with Ross Lyon being lauded as, oh, an outstanding coach. No, he's passed it. He's finished. And he's not going to get a job anywhere. And now Clarkson, it depends what purple circle you're in and what media guys are prepared to push your barrow in a lot of ways. So is and, there... But Clarkson, he would justify about a million bucks, but not 1.6. Is the coaching barrel just a bit dry at the moment because all of a sudden they keep going back to Clarkson and there doesn't seem to be any other uh, potentials what... around him, whether they be really good experienced assistants or somebody else that's currently looking for a job? Well, I think you have to look at... I mean, Clarkson's on the market. So if you're, in, if you're looking for a senior coach, North Melbourne, Essendon, they've been talking to Clarkson. In that time, Rutten's had three, th- four, three, four out of five wins, mm. four out of his past, past five. He's won his last three. Those clubs that are on the market, GWS being run by the AFL, the AFL are going to run that. They're going to get their coach in there. And Clarkson would be a 1.2, 1.3 at GWS funded by the AFL. So that's where some of these figures would be coming from. Well, if you're going to compete with GWS, if you're going to compete uh, with – then Clarkson's going to need something around about more than what GWS are going to get from the AFL to get him mm, there. Mm. Or even the Tasmania job. He's going to want 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 to be Tasmania, the face of Tasmania's new team. So that's where those figures are coming from, as I understand it. And let's remember also there aren't many – and Clarkson with the target of everybody. As soon as he makes some, de- some degree of a call, then the next tier will be looked at. Buckley's ruled himself out. He doesn't want to coach next year. Lyon's not going to be in the market. No, he's, well, he's, no he's making good money Ross out Lyon, of real estate, isn't he? No matter he? what you hit. So it is a bit thin. And then the next step will be, what? where is a coach like Michael Voss? Look what he's doing. Experienced coach. Or where is a Craig McRae? who's doing what he's doing with Collingwood. Mm. But right. he's been around for 20 years waiting for a job. Yeah. We're going to take a break, come back and wrap it up uh, after this. Also go, get Hags's selections and go through some of the other movements at the selection table tonight when it comes to the AFL sides. And Hags, uh, there's no name on this, but it says the negativity that Hags has to Frio is embarrassing. You're not negative towards Frio. You basically uh, um, I, say I, it as you, as you see it. Realistic. We'll come and have a chat to it after the break. It's 14 to 6 here on Drive with Peter Vlaus and Kim Hagdon on this Thursday night. The Drive Show with Peter Vlaus. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. I feel like it's just a great way to kick a goal or get a free... I, think, I reckon I've kicked 10 goals from free kicks or something like that. So <laughs> instead of like going to ground, I was trying to like stand up in the tackle and take it. When you raise your arm up and go to ground on the knees, it looks like you're just diving for it. Jack Ginnivan there on the Collingwood website talking about drawing high free kicks. I can't believe that the AFL have changed the ruling on this in round 19. Wouldn't you think you just play it out till the end of the season and then set a whole new ballpark and rules for 2023? To change it midstream and even now heading into the finals, it's dangerous. I, I, I sense we could be heading for a pretty chaotic sort of weekend this round 19 starting tomorrow evening. 
you know, and, and I, I actually feel it's prejudicial. This is a rule that is prejudicial to smaller players. And I thought young, young Jack Ginevan was absolutely ruthlessly crucified last weekend. Then the coverage, and, and clearly Gil McLaughlin and Brad Scott have reacted to some of the, the revered critics, uh, uh, ex-players that are now very prominent in the media. You know, Jared Healy, he says something and Gil McLaughlin must jump. So it is prejudicial to not just Jack Ginevan, but to smaller players and ball hunting players that go in and actually go low to the ground so they're low centre of gravity and they're balanced as they try to break with the footy, they're lowish. If they get taken high, is it going to be play on? You're mm. kidding me, aren't you? Mm. That's changing 150 years That's of crazy. AFL, of Aussie rules footy. It's the Jack Ginevan rule, and I thought he was absolutely crucified last weekend, and it's a gross overreaction. Instead of just perhaps requesting that he not do it through Collingwood, for instance, and his coach, McRae, but to make a ruling there, and yet the AFL tell us year after year, no, we never make changes in season. We don't make changes. This is a radical change. And we're heading into the finals. And it's 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 going to it's actually going to attract sort of scrutiny onto free kicks for a re- that are justified anyway, yeah. that are round about the shoulders or neck, not just head high, uh, anything that's around about the shoulders, it has to be play on, doesn't it? I tell you what. How are you going to call some play on yeah. and then others give a free kick to it? This is targeting people like Ginevan, Charlie Cameron from Brisbane, the likes of Tom Papley at Sydney, mm. uh, Luke Shuey, Joel Selwood. I've got I've got younger players yeah. there as well, but then established players as and well. I'll tell you what, they earn free kicks. And the AFL's dangerous here because uh, they sent out a uh, a so-called uh, bit of a what do they call it? Um, you know, just give us your feedback on what you like and what you don't like about AFL footy, and because they were really worried about the attendances uh, and people not going to the footy, particularly in the early part and the middle part of this year. And one of it was we cannot stand the constant change of rules in the AFL. Now, a lot of people saying enough's enough. They've changed it again. I'm not going to bother about analysing AFL footy in the moment. It's just too confusing. Well, and this is going to be massively confusing. Survey is what I was looking for. Oh, yeah. uh, massively confusing for the person that follows the game. And I reckon we're heading for a, quite a radical weekend of, yeah. of, of criticism. And, and I suppose disillusionment. You'll find people getting up and switching off or walking out of the ground to say, I can't watch this anymore because I can't work out what is a head-high free kick. Yeah. For, for, for 150 years, if you went above the shoulders, sure, if you duck and drop at the knees and deliberately, but then who's going to make that call? Who's, yeah. who's... I, I feel sorry for the umpires. It's almost like in cricket you say, well, if you play and miss and we think you might have nicked it, you're out. Mm, mm. I feel sorry for the so umpires who've got to shot. interpret it. Mm. Uh, Peter, Kim, typical Frio fan. They just can't handle constructive criticism, which Kim always gives. Kim, can you please go a little slower on giving your tips? I'm not good at uh, shorthand. Oh. Have a great night. So there you go, Lise. Thanks for that. Um, Haggis, just quickly, some of the selections in with the well, other teams. One I'm really enthused about is Jack Gunston back mm. at Hawthorne, Peter. And, and that promises to be a good game on Saturday. The first one Saturday is uh, Hawthorne and North Melbourne down in Tassie. So it's in Hobart. So they're the co-tenants down. That'll probably test a little bit of what uh, what Tassie people think of footy down there. Richmond, I think, will beat Fremantle. Hawthorne to beat North Melbourne. Sydney, I think, over Adelaide. Geelong will beat Port. Brisbane to beat Gold Coast. 
Melbourne to beat the Bulldogs. Not sure of that, though. Just Carlton to beat GWS. Collingwood to beat Essendon. And West Coast, like it or not, they have to win on Sunday. 12 of the last 14 they've beaten St Kilda. And they're at home. Unacceptable if they don't beat St Kilda, who have been a rabble for the last month. Unacceptable if they don't win at home on Sunday. And, Scotty, we've got a couple of tickets for you to come along tomorrow night to see Leeds United against Crystal Palace. We'll be in contact with you. Thanks for joining us. Good on your hags. Catch you on Monday. And uh, I look forward to your company on SEN tomorrow night from Optus Stadium. With Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years.